All right, welcome, Raboisai, to Derech Hashem, and uh, very Hashiva thing we're starting in El, may it be as chus for us in uh, preparing for Shoshana. Some of you are on Zoom, some of you are here live, and uh, try to address everyone. Um, I was I was thinking, should we discuss? Should we go through the first parak? Should we skip the first parak? Go to the second parak straight. The reason why is the first parak is very very tief, very very deep, uh, ca- complicated. Uh, first parak is talking about understanding what we can and cannot know about Hashem. So obviously, very uh, very uh, heavy material. Um, with potentially the greatest room for error, um, where error is least tolerable. On the other hand, kind of hard to skip the first parak, even though it's a standalone thing. It's not the rest of the sefer is dealing with the purpose of the creation, what is man, how is man built, what's it about. So technically, we could skip the first parak. What I was thinking instead is we'll just dedicate today to trying to cover very quickly there's a lot more to be said we'll see how quickly we can cover the first parak we're not looking to get bogged down in it especially considering how tief it is we'll touch on some basic points and then we'll then we'll continue um, so call each sheyamin so two points that we that I'd like to focus on over here point number one is the tsarich Tzarech is an interesting word to use. Tzarech um, means to need. It's unlike what the, the language the Ramchal uses in the other Sfarim. In the, all the other Sfarim, when he's talking about um, the, what he, uh, in, in Das Tvunus, in Maimar Vikuach, he's constantly talking about it as being a chiyuv, uh, as this, this learned out of a Pasuk, it's a, it's a mitzvah asay, to know these things. You should know these. And they should be settled on your heart. Um, the, uh, to know about, about Hashem. That's, uh, that's what he says in all the others form. Over here, he uses the language of Tzarech. Now, the, the difference between Tzarech and Chiyuv, a Chiyuv is in is an external obligation that's placed upon me. The Pasek is mechai of me to do this. Right? Um, we know that the, the Sforum bring down that the Zohar calls mitzvahs um, as eitzes. I mean, not eitzes to say that it's advice that we can choose to keep or not keep, chas but it means that a mitzvah is not, is not uh, Hashem made you, Hashem is obligating us to make bricks that we that have no connection to us but as we're going to see later the mitzvahs are uh, really something that builds us that helps us bring to our shlemus that's what we're going to that's what we're going to see later in the second parak so therefore the difference in chiv and sar chiv is you might be high enough to I don't know pay the city of Chicago money for for towards uh Black Lives Matter, right? But it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that the 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 I, I need to do is just I have to. Sorich a, a need means a chiyuv mineu bey a chiyuv from inside of me. Meaning, 
it's my own internal obligation. Person needs to breathe, right? So, so he's coming to say over here. I think the reason why he's changing language is he's being concise, and he's and he's telling us that this is a chiyuv that that has to do with the very nature of what man is and man's um, fulfillment in this world. That's number one. Um, now, Shyamin Vyeda. Yamin Vyeda is is a, is a fundamental equation in life. Um, we said that the, the whole positive that we're going to see that Ramchal is learning all these things from is Vyadata Hayom Vashevosa El Levavacha Ki Hashem Hu Elokim B'Shemayim Imalva Asmitakas Einot. That's what that's what we have to know. So he says Vyadata Hayom. First of all, it has to be an intellectual knowledge. And then the dvorim is to be nisyash malev v'yadatayim v'shevosa elavech is to make it settle on your heart. How do you do that? How do you make something settle on your heart? Well, the answer is as long as you don't really get it, you don't really understand it. You're just going with amuna, so it will not settle on your heart. It's the v'yadatayim that's the chokma that will lead to v'shevosa elavavecha. That's bina. That's the that's that's where the heart is called lave. Lave is low made bina. The mirror lave is lamed base low made bina. Okay, um, so the bina dwells in the heart. V'yadata hayom yidia is uh, is the is the That's in the moach. That's in the lave, and then and uh, the, and then that translates to a bina uh, in 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 the heart. Then the matter can settle in your heart. Once you have in Chachma and you have in Bina, then it can settle and it can, be, and, it, and it can be something that's a part of my reality. Until then, as long as the thing stays as a Amuna, as something very far away from me, so it's never really part of my reality. If I, if I tell you, listen, Moshe Rabbeinu said that, you know, pink elephants fly and, um, you know, circles are straight. So you say, okay, what? good. I, Moshe Rabbeinu said it. He's a Novi Neman. I believe it. I accept it. But it'll never, it'll never make sense. It'll never connect inside. It'll never be Nisiyash Valalev. It'll always remain outside of me. Okay? The, which there are certain aspects of Yiddishkeit, like, like he's going to say, um, certain aspects of Yiddishkeit do in, in Das Lunas. He says, there will always be certain aspects that will remain beyond our reach, that will be beyond, and will have to stay in realms of Amuna. There's things the Mishnah and Chagiga tells us that we're not allowed to ask about. What was before, what will be after, what's above, what's below. There's certain things that are beyond man's grasp. But the things that are within man's grasp, the avoda is to translate it from Amuna to Yidia. I mean, it starts with Amuna, because... We're mamin mamin, and we're not going around saying mechetesi. Who says I'm not going to believe anything until it's proven to me? No, we accept it. We accept it. We have a masora, we have a kabbalah, and these are these are these are things that are clear. But that but that forever stays outside of you until it goes into chokhmah, until it goes into my bina, until I understand, until I hear the what it's what it's really talking about, and until I internalize that knowledge then it's, it's never really mine, okay? So, on the one hand, he's telling us everything has to begin with the Muna, and people have to, people have to work on the Muna, people have to understand that these are, these are true things. 
And then I have to work on having it make sense to me, which is, by the way, going to be really our voda that we're coming together to do, is we're going to be learning this safer, trying to understand how the world works that Hashem built. We know Hashem built it. We know, we, 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 we know certain basic things, but exactly how does it work? How does it make sense? How does it work out? That's what's necessary to internalize it into our hearts. And to be able to live with it, to be live, to live with it in a vibrant, energetic, real way, it has to has to make sense to you. The same way that mishpata makes sense to you. The reason why you can scream at somebody in the base medrash who's telling you that this guy doesn't have to pay is because you say, "What are you crazy? He doesn't have to pay." Of course, he has to pay. He's the one who was negligent. That makes sense. That, that makes sense to us, right? That's uh, the, the the morale gives a beautiful motion. It says the luchos were six tefachim. Chazal tells us. Six tefachim by six tefachim. So the six tefachim, the lower two tefachim Moshe Rabbeinu was holding on to, the upper two tefachim Hashem was holding on to, and the middle two tefachim was in between. The Maral says that that corresponds to Mishpatim, Chukim, and Adios. Those are the three types of misses, right? Uh, the, the Mishpatim is things that are intuitive to us. The, this guy, he was careless, and his axe, guard, guard my axe, so he has to pay me. That, that's intuitive. That's something that man automatically can connect to. That's Moshe Rabbeinu is holding that with his hand. Hukim, to a certain extent, are translated as supernatural commandments. Obviously, not to say that it's not something we can't learn, not to say something we can't relate to, but on a certain level, they will always, an aspect of it will remain beyond our reach always, like Shlomo Melech says, that I thought I understood until until I understood that the, 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 there was Rehokom Imani, right? There's, there's two, that the Paraduma, he saw that the one aspect of Paraduma he didn't understand, which means the whole thing, to a certain extent, is transcendent. It's super rational commandment, even though there's a lot to be learned and understood about it. And then Adios are in the middle. Adios are something we wouldn't have intuitively gotten, but we can get and we can get it fully. So the point is, this is, this is what... Sheyamin uh, v'yeda to believe and to know. Sheyesh sham matzurishin. This word sham is an unbelievable word. Yesh sham matzurishin. The Mephorshim already asked the um, the who is it. The, 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 I believe it's the Magid mission. The Magid, the, the, the Rambam uses, the Rambam, you saw the Torah, uses the language. Sheyesham, about Hashem. Yesham, there is there. So the Magid asks, where's there? What do you mean? There's, there is there? As opposed to, what do you mean? What is that describing? Just say, there is. So the Magid says, Lavdavka, that's, that's just a language that, that, that was used. That's just a, a, a term of, of phrase. The Ramchal probably learned the the Magid Mishnah, right? And Afal Pikin, he decided to to re to copy those words of the Rambam and put them down again. Um, the the Gon in the Der Seliyahu says that Shamaim comes from a language of Sham. Yeah, Shamaim is a name for a, what, what is that name for? It's, it's from Sham. How can you call anywhere Sham? Sham is only Sham because I'm Po. But if I go there, there's no place, there's no country that would be called Sham because the people who live there can't refer to their own country as Sham. They refer to it as Po, here, right? Sham is that place over there, but I could be there. So, so it's inappropriate to call any particular place Sham. 
unless it's a place that no one can get to. If it's a place that's completely beyond everybody, then that would be called Shem. And that's what the Deres Eliyahu, the Gon says, Shamaim is from a language of Shem. It's a, it's a, it, that is a place that is beyond us, that is transcendent. That doesn't mean, Shemaim doesn't mean the skies where the birds fly and where we could fly an airplane. It means the, the realms of spirituality that are beyond. That are beyond us. That, that's Shemaim. That's from a language of Shem. So, let's see that. The there the, the seems to be the, the, the Rambam and the Ramchal are giving us an illusion. Sheesh, Shom. Shom means not where you are. Not where you po- the, the, the Gemorim Bracha says that when Abai and Rav were small boys, so Rabbah asked them, Where is Hashem? The, the, the one that you're blessing to. So Abai pointed to the ceiling, and Rav went upside and pointed, and pointed to the heavens. And he said, Botuachanida is going to come from Ori Horo. They're going to be poskim. Right? So, what, what's, what's the, why? What, it was such a brilliant hap. It's not about the brilliant hap. It's the point is that they recognized that Hashem is transcendent. They recognized that Hashem is above them. That I'm down here and He's up there. And that's the relationship. The relationship is that, that Hashem is the. Mashpia and I'm the Makabal. He's the perfect and I'm the lacking. He's the source of life and I'm the recipient. And therefore, just like a, a an ant can never understand what I'm thinking when I'm walking around doing something, he sees me pacing back and forth with, with this ant. He's, well, what's this guy going back and forth and trying to figure out? You can't figure it out. You can't figure out Hashem. He's Shem. He's transcendent. He's above us. He's beyond us. That's that's where he is. He's Shom. She's Shom. Motsu Rishon Kadman Venitsky. We're not going to get into very deeply these things, although each one has its own Chiddush. I'll just say Bikitzer, the definitions of them. If you want afterwards, I'll provide you with the sources in the Morin of Uchim for these things. This first parak in the Derech Hashem is mostly based on the Morin of Uchim. Um, so Rishon has to do with the moment I say to you, Rishon, you understand that it's in the context of. Just continue, continue the the sentence, Rishon, Sheni, Shlishi, right? So you're talking about a chain. So chain implies causality. So Rishon always talks is is alluding to Siba. Cause effect, right? Cause effect. Rishon means he's the first to the second. It's a it's a relative. Ter- it's a term of relative, right? First means in relation to the second. If if I'm not talking in the context of second, I'm just talking about you. I'm not, I'm not talking about you in relation to anybody else. So if that's the case. It's it's completely irrelevant to talk about Rishon. Yeah? Rishon means in relation to the Shani. So it means when we say Rishon. He's talking about what the philosophers would call the Siba Rishon, the, the original cause, the cause of everything. That's what Rishon means. The one that causes everything else. Um, Kadmon means uh, before time. That's what it, mean. it doesn't just mean for a very long time. It means that the outside of time. Right? time is, if something is inside of time, it means that it, it begins with time. Right? Kadmon means before that. Kadmon means something is not, is not limited to time. 
So now, if Kabbalah means it's not limited to time, so what does Nitzchi mean? Nitzchi seems to be eternal, but it, but it, it wouldn't, I already told you he's outside of time. Kadman already means outside of time. So, so what does Nitzchi mean? So the Rambam and Mornavuchim says Nitzchi means not, sub, not subject to change. And that, you know, if you think about Nitzchon, Nitzchon means if there's a battle between two and I win. It means simply if you, for a child to say Nitzchi, it means you can't kill him. Right? You can't, there's no kryptonite that you can come at him and sh- shoot a kryptonite arrow at him and, and kill him. Right? But the truth is, you don't necessarily kill someone to defeat him. What if you cut off his arm? That would also not be so good, right? You could cut off his arm. Or, so, and, and what if you cut off a, a finger? Right? So, Elamite means no change whatsoever. He's, he's, he's completely resistant to any change. And this is going to be important because obviously Hashem is perfect. So the moment, if there's going to be any change, it's a, it's a lack of absolute existence. It's a lack of absolute existence to have any change. Okay, so, so those, those are the three terms. Now here's a very interesting one. Again, we're, I know I'm packing this in. This is literally, you can talk to the younger light. We, we spent weeks and weeks on these, on, on these things. We're just trying to say basic Concepts and uh, give give some food for thought. Um, now this one is very strange. We're, this parak is talking about amitas mitzius. So we're talking about what Hashem is uh, to the extent that we can know it. Um, in the in the second parak, we're going to talk about the creation. We're going to talk about why Hashem created it and what and he first created this and there's a need for other things, etc. So why in this parak is there a discussion about what Hashem created seemingly it's out of place? Um, you could talk about who you are fundamentally, and then you could talk about certain things that you did. Now the only exception would be is if the thing that you did was definitional to you. If the thing that you did is definitional to who you are, that you wouldn't be you if you didn't do it. I mean for example, if I say you know, John eats. Yeah? So, that's actually definitional, because if John, John can't not eat, he has to eat. So then, I'm not just talking about something he does, I'm talking about who he is. He is a creature that needs to eat. Right? So, but we know that, that Chas uh, Vashon to say that Hashem had to create the world. Right? Uh, Hashem is not obligated in, in, in anything, and uh, uh, if Hashem doesn't have to create, so then what is, so then seemingly this action would just be an action. He did that. He also split the Red Sea. But so those are, oh, he did lots of things, but we're not talking about it. We're talking about who he is right now. So, so it, seems, it seems out of place. Um, so Lachoira, the, um, the 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 Rambam gives us the, the answer to this question. The Rambam says um, that he, Hashem's mitzius is such that it not only suffices for its own existence, but that it's even powerful enough that it can be the source of all other existence. Which means. For example, if I tell you, um, you know, uh, this person 
he has a, he gave he she gave birth to a child, right? So th- this this rock over here did not, right? She's telling me, listen, I asked you what's the difference between a rock and a person, right? What are you telling me? This one has children, this one... That's just an action, right? This one had children, and this rock didn't have children. I'm asking, I want to know what's the difference between a rock and a person, or a rock and an animal, right? And you're telling me the animal has children, and the rock doesn't. The answer is, no, no, no. It's not, I'm not just telling you about what they did. I'm telling you a fundamental difference. Rocks cannot bring about existence. Whereas an animal, to a certain extent, can bring about another existence. Obviously not on a fundamental way, because it's, it's all being powered by Hashem. But nonetheless, the life force in an animal, or in a person, is much greater than that which is in a rock. A rock also exists. But it exists in such a minimalistic way, that it cannot impart existence to anything else. Whereas, uh, a, a, an animal can give life, can give birth, can bring more such things into the world. Okay? So we're talking about a difference in quality of existence. And so when we're talking about Hashem, and we're trying to tell you how fundamental His existence is. So we're telling you His existence is so fundamental that not only His Rishon, Kadmon, and Nitzhi, which is what we spoke about before, but He's, he's the source of the existence of everything else. That's how fundamental his existence is. Okay? Now, this has to do with, with, with a mitzvah of farsing. I don't, I, I never saw it as written down, but it's, it's mamish mefur, it's mamish mefurish. The, the Leshem defines the purush of the Shem of Ayaboru, the, the, the explanation of the, of the, of the, of the, essential name of Hashem that we have, the, the name Yud, K, Vav K, uh, as the fundamental definition, is Mitzius Kayim. Mitzius Kayim means something that exists in an absolute, uh, an absolute existence. That's, it's a shame, Havaya. Havaya means existence, being. That's the name Yud, K, Vav K. It says, but there's a secondary d- definition to it, which we see in Chazal, broader Chazal, and that's Hayahova V'yiyah. Now, Hayahova V'yiyah, anybody heard the name Yud Kevavke defined as Hayahova V'yiyah? Okay, let me ask you a question. Hayahova V'yiyah. Doesn't that sound like he's within time? He was, he is, and he will be. Isn't that, that sounds like within time, right? What's it relevant to talk about, to talk about a tra- something that completely transcends time? What's it relevant to talk about he was, he is, and he will be? That's like, it sounds like you're talking about, you know, um, the Himalaya mountains or something. They, they've always been around, they're still around, they're going to be around. Something, something within time, just it's managing to kind of uh, be. So, 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 Hashem says, no, no, it doesn't mean Hashem was, is, and will be. Is that Hashem created and maintained everything that was, creates and maintains everything that is, and, and, and guides and, and, and maintains everything that will be. Meaning everything that happened, happens and will happen, it's all a result from Him. That's what Hayah Hovi is. It's not a descri- but, description. But, but, but I, I thought the Yud Kevavki was post-Simpsons, therefore it is temporal. Just because you're post-Simpsons doesn't mean you're within time. Time is I mean, but, way down. I mean, but, way down. I mean, but, 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 but there, that Simpsons is a point in time. 
So no, it, it's absolutely not. Time. Absolutely not. Then, big no-no. Chas no. v'sholem. Time is only relevant to physical objects. Chas v'sholem. Hashem yichaper. No, it means that tzimtzum is con- is a conceptual marker. It's not. It's not. It's not in time. It's completely. These are things that are completely. Um, so far above physicality, we can't even imagine. That's uh, we have to be very, very careful not to not to be what's called megashim, megashim to to um, imbue or, or describe or think of 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 of, uh, of, of uh, the divine in any physical sense. Okay, um, so so it comes out there are two the two the two pirushim to the shame of Ayaboruchu, the two explanations of the of the divine name one is nimsakaim that's the fundamental definition and an auxiliary definition is the one who caused causes and will cause all existence so it's mamish what Ramchal is saying right here Hashem is Rish and Kadman Venitzchi which translates as nimsakaim he is the, that's as far as just describing him himself. He is a fundamental existence, an absolutely true existence, and a, a, a secondary way to see that, so to speak, poil yotze, an expression of that, is that everything that exists exists only from him, and that and that's the secondary definition of the shame of Ayaboruch. Okay, the, so the, the okay, we will look at Baruch Hu. We'll skip. We'll skip that one. O's base. Are there any questions before we start? O's base. Okay. Um, Old tsarich sheyeda. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, this idea of a muna being something that's um, distant from us. Can you can you just elaborate a little bit about that idea of what? Emuna means Emuna means well. Not, if you think about Emuna for a minute, um, you'll you'll I think you'll hear right away. I don't tell you. Listen, Baruch, please have Emuna that you have two ears. Have Emuna in that, right? Um, you just grab onto them like this, and you and you feel that you do indeed have two ears. That's not Emuna, right? You know that. You know that for a fact. And if somebody comes and starts telling you. You don't have two ears. No, it's not true. They've been lying to you all this time, right? It, it, you're not going to need to be mechazik yourself in your emuna, right? You know perfectly well that you have two ears. Um, emuna is something that I that I don't know about, right? But I but but I have emuna that is that way, which means it's beyond me. Now, why do I have emuna in it? Good question. Maybe because someone very neemon told me. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu came, he performed lots of miracles, he took us out of Mitzrayim, he's, he's Naaman, Hashem told us we should believe him, and then, here's what he said to me. Right? So he's an aid Naaman, I believe him. I believe him so much, that I'll give up my life, based on what he said. But it's still, this thing, that he's telling me, is beyond, where I am. I don't, I don't know it like I know that I have two ears. Right or that I have a nose, maybe it's a better analogy. Okay, is it, is it and it's possible to get from Amuna to Yadia? Absolutely, that, or, or is that to tr- absolutely that, that is the of- that's what the Dasfulu says. That's the mitzvah of Vayadat Ayom Veshevosa Elavecha. The mitzvah is to take those concepts that we believe in Amuna and to 
take them through the process of Chochma and into the process of Bina and, and, and it'll be go through your mind and into your heart and it'll be Nesiyashiv on your heart and, and, uh, and, and now it'll be in a Bechina of idea. Absolutely. And internalize and, it. And, the, and Chukim can do that also? Or that they were limited? No. In the area uh, by, by Chukim, there's going to be a certain crown of it, a certain top part, crown of it, that's going to always remain beyond, but it can certainly, um, a, lot, a lot can be done for it. A lot of it can be brought down. Not, not all of it, but a lot of it. Okay. Yeah, very good. Okay. Um, always base. Okay, now the, here we're going to talk about step number one is that ain't, I mean, you have to understand something, he says. We can never know Amitis Mitsuso. Amitis Mitsuso means what Hashem really is. Amitis Mitsuso, what He really is, fundamentally. Who is He? Right? That we can never know. We can know about Him. For example, I can know about, um, the analogy would be a black hole. Right? A black hole, I can, I can know where it's located. I can know you know, um, surrounding information, but I can never, even you know, they 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 they, they produced a picture of a black hole. Th- that picture is not a, that was not a um, Kodak picture, right? That wasn't a regular photograph, right? Because black hole doesn't produce any light; nothing leaves the black hole, right? So, what they did is they it was some sort of a reconstruction. They they figured out basically, what it must look like, right? So it means they know about the black hole. They don't know the black hole itself, okay? And the key words over here are, are hasaga and yidiya. Hasaga, when you masik something, it means you grabbed it with your hand. You have a direct knowledge of this thing, direct knowledge, hasaga. As opposed to yidiya is uh, where... where you have knowledge about it. Uh, it could be secondary knowledge, circumspect knowledge. It could be uh, knowing about it. So he's saying, number one, you can never know about the, the grasp what Hashem is. You can never have a direct hasaga of it because Hashem is infinite and we, and we are finite. And a finite being cannot, cannot know infinity. It's impossible. Okay. And then he says, but what you can know is you can know Shleimuso. Now it's interesting. Shleimuso, the Rambam explains, what's Shleimus? He himself says, Shleimus is, Vlonimso Bochisar and Klau. When I say something is Sholeim, it means it is not lacking anything. That's what, sho- that's what Sholeim is. So really, it's a Yedia Der Shleimus. It's really a negation. It's also, it's a trick. We're not really knowing about him. What we're, because again, he's infinite. All we know is he's not lacking anything. For example, if I were to say, Hashem is super powerful. So I have an idea in my mind what super means. Super means the most my mind can imagine. And that's how powerful Hashem is. That would be false. Because Hashem is much more powerful than that. However, if I say Hashem is not lacking any strength, that would be absolutely true. Because it's their shlil, it's, it's negation. I'm not saying what he is, I'm saying what he's not. Okay? And so Shleimus, the entire concept of Shleimus is their Shlili. It's saying 
that he's not lacking anything. That's really what I'm saying. So that's really the only thing that we can say about Hashem is that, is that he's not lacking anything. That's kind of like taking a picture of the black hole. It's, I'm talking as much as I can about him, but the thing that I'm saying is that he's not lacking anything. Okay? That's uh, what we're going to say for O's base over here. Now, uh, Gimel and Dal, they're pretty straightforward, is that Hashem's existence is mukhruch, it, it must be, it's impossible that it shouldn't exist, um, which is again, ties back to what we've been saying before, that it's, a, that it's, a, that it's an absolute existence, it's a nimsa kayim, right, it's a fundamental existence, and of course, if it were to be the result of anything else, then it wouldn't be uh, an absolute existence, it would be dependent on something else, the number number five is the number five and number six are the difficult ones that we have to kind of dive back into. So number five is pshituso. Pshituso is is hard to do. Hold on one second. Okay, sorry about that. Um, a little bit of a overusage of our virtual base medrash. Um, okay, so number five is pshituso. Now pshituso. Superficially, it sounds like maybe a lack. It sounds like not a tremendous praise to Hashem. Pshituso, he's poshit. Poshit. What we're used to is that poshit is negative. Poshit is bad. Why? So the morale actually by matzah. It says by matzah. Uh, we, we talk about matzah is, is poshit. Matzah. The word matzah means poshit actually. Matzah means simple, unrefined, unfinished, uncomplicated. So seemingly, that's a bad thing. It depends. In our world, where everything is lacking, where everything is so... It, it, this has this advantage, but it doesn't have that advantage. Fire is hot, but it's not liquid. It's not water. It's not cold, etc. So the more murk of something is, the more something is made up of many different parts and pieces, the more shlemus it can get, kind of, through her cover. And the, the allusion to this is the, the most numbers that we can... Discuss the, the, the magic number for us always is 13. Once you get to 13, you have all the different pieces. You have the 12 Shvatim and you have Yaakovinu. Or you have the 12 sides, the 12 edges of a, of a cube, and you have the cube itself. Then you get to a kind of a Shlemus because you have all the different facets. You have this side and that side. You have this and this, and all the opposites. You have everything there, and you get to what's called Echad. The, the numerical value of a chad, aleph is 1, ches is 8, dal is 4, that's 13. So 13 is, is a, the best exam, the, the best that we have, that we know of, of sh- something that's sholim, something that has every different aspect to it. That's the, that's, the, that's the best one that we can find, 13. But the real oneness is 1. It doesn't exist in this world, but if you get something that's absolutely 1, Absolutely one means there is no anything else that is lacking. That's that's pshituso, the, the absolute oneness in in the absolute sense, which in this world we don't have. All we have is fractions. So when you put all thirteen different fractions together, they come together. They each one complements each other, and, and you get the and you get kind of a, 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 a reunification as opposed to. One which is one batsum. So Pshituso is that. Pshituso is Hashem is perfectly one. 
that's a, it's much deeper than this, but we're not going to be able to go into that. And then the final point that I want to touch on is is achdus uh, is borach, being that we say it every day in Shema, Hashem Echad, Echad achdus is point number six over here. It's an interesting point. Listen to how he introduces it. It's an additional piece of knowledge, meaning the first five were pieces of something that we needed to know about Hashem. And then the sixth one is like an addition. Why is this one an addition? Because it's not really talking directly about Hashem. It's talking information which will help me to know about Hashem. What's that? That there's nothing else like Him. There's no other God besides Him. And, and, and in that, really, wait, so nothing else, that means I'm talking about those other things. Those other things are not like Hashem. Those other things are not divine. Right? Those other things are not perfect like this. So then what is that to do? Why is it in this chapter? And so it's because by knowing that there's nothing else that helps you to see how unique and how absolute Hashem's perfection is. Because if there were to be, the Rambam explains, if there were to be another such perfection, then it wouldn't be that Hashem is absolute. It would be, it would, it would be lacking in Hashem's absoluteness if that were to be the case. So... The sixth one, Achduso, the Bittel, we say Hashem, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, by being mevatal anything else from having that absolute existence and that absolute truth, we're really speaking back to the fact that Hashem's existence is absolute. So that's kind of like the the, the, you know, the the final the final point of knowing about Hashem is knowing that there's nothing else like that. I think we're going to stop here. That's about as fast as we can do the first parak. Next week we'll start the second parak. Uh, last three minutes for questions.